we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 23rd, 2019. And the next report is Virginia Sheriff Scott Jenkins says he will form a militia if the National Guard confiscates the guns. So this is from um, Fox News, uh, local Fox News, and they're interviewing Sheriff Scott Jenkins of Culpeper County. A Northern Virginia sheriff, his deputy, says that he has a plan to respond to the Democratic-led legislature in Virginia if it enacts gun control measures. During a Board of Supervisors meeting earlier this month, the board unanimously declared the county a Second Amendment constitutional county. And the sheriff voted, vowed rather, I should say, to deputize Culpeper County residents. It will be my intent if the legislature decides to restrict certain weapons that I feel are a harm to our community. I will look to swear in thousands of auxiliary deputies in Culpeper, of people who are willing to pass a background check. Um, proper screening must be done, but um, our auxiliaries are required to work at least eight hours a month in service to our department. I mean, the, the thousands deputize thousands. That's just that's not even. I mean, a militia is one thing, but this these are like deputies to swear in. I mean, this is like really amazing i mean god bless him that may be service all around the county for other things but um there's no limit on the number of people i can swear in as a deputy sheriff a number of counties in the state have passed similar resolutions in response to expected gun control legislation which governor northam says democrats will push for since it regained control of the virginia general assembly so what does this all mean what is the breakdown for folks in culpeper county and uh, will this reverberate in other parts of the state and commonwealth? Sheriff Scott Jenkins joins us live this morning. And we do want to note, we reached out to counties who have already passed similar resolutions to deputize residents, but no county supervisor accepted our invitation. Sheriff, you did. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, first question I, I want to ask you is, you know, the Second, Second Amendment constitutional county, uh, what in your eyes does that entail? That's a gesture by our county board of supervisors to let everyone know that they feel strongly about the proposed legislation that's going to Richmond uh, after the first of the year, as over 70 other counties in the state so far have done the same. So break it down for us in real terms. What are you planning on doing, and, and is it based on action from the, the state legislature first, or do you want to be proactive in this measure? Uh, I'm going to wait. Hopefully the measures that they're, they're hoping to approve won't uh, actually pass and uh, won't be necessary. But if they do enact those laws that they're proposing, uh, restricting everything from so-called assault weapons to uh, high-capacity magazines and other things, let alone the red flag laws, um, my stance will be to, uh, if need be, if it's passed, swear in hundreds or even thousands of citizens as auxiliary deputies. We have thousands of concealed carry permit holders in the county currently who I have no issue whatsoever and encourage people to have concealed carry permits. But uh, what their intent, what they hope to achieve by this legislation, it, it's not going to happen. Um, the Clinton era gun ban was a proof of that for 10 years. The statistics don't bear anything to prove that it, it's going to be effective. So why are they going to try this bill, which is basically that ban on steroids. It, it's ridiculous. You know, those who don't agree with you, Sheriff, uh, would say, based on your, your comment right there, uh, these certain weapons, the high-capacity magazines, uh, those type of, of weapons, uh, some might question why those are necessary, especially from hearing that from someone from a law enforcement background. Because we need to be using muzzle loaders to, in order to fight off all the advanced weaponry that the New World Order will bring to bear. That's why we don't need 
you know, high capacity magazines and things of that nature, because obviously we want to be disarmed as much as possible. Um, preferably maximum amount like slingshots and forks and knives and things of this nature. And again, this is why they would bring that up because, you know, it, it's so ridiculous that, that you, when you have tyranny and wickedness, you know, encroaching on you and they're the ones telling you to give up your firearms. It's like, well, wh why are you trying to do that? Because you're wicked, because you're evil, because you want to kill us, you know? So please don't give me some kind of morality lesson. It's like Satan trying to give me a morality lesson about what is right and what is wrong. Well, the fact is the law-abiding citizens that possess them for everything from sport shooting, hunting, and other uses or just home defense, it's, uh, those aren't the people that we're, we're having the problems with. Criminals are going to obtain those weapons regardless of what exactly. laws are passed, and it's ridiculous to think that it's going to have any effect on the actual crime. Uh, they like to spout uh, figures, statistics on shooting deaths and, and uh, crime with uh, various types of weapons. But when you really drill down and look at the statistics for what they are, um, they just don't bear what they, they say they will. There are others who might say that, that your job, Sheriff, is to enforce the law, not make the law or make changes to the laws, or uh, as some might even say, circumvent the law. Uh, by making changes and not listening to what's happening down in Richmond. So how do you respond to that? I'll be clear about that. I'm not circumventing the law. As a matter of fact, unlike sheriffs all over the Commonwealth or the United States that have said they won't uh, enforce laws that are passed, I have been the first, so far I think the only one, who has said, I will not say that I won't enforce laws that are duly passed. I said when I originally announced, elections have consequences, and this is what we're getting the result of that election. But okay. I do have a legal right to swear in deputies, and that's been the same for hundreds of years here in the Commonwealth for any sheriff. And others might say uh, that might be okay for a handful of people, but if you deputize hundreds or thousands, that sounds like a militia in the making. Uh, they'll be properly screened and vetted, and they're the same citizens that I currently serve and put me in office, and they're the ones that I deserve everything that I can in my power to protect them and, and protect their constitutional rights. It's, it's my duty. Sheriff, we do appreciate you joining us. God bless that guy. I mean, oh, I wish we just had legions of him. So pray for Sheriff Scott Jenkins and all the other sheriffs that have enacted these um, sanctuary counties and uh, will probably be help, helping to form militias as well. You know, I just pray God's angels and camp around about them and bless them and help them and, and that, you know, righteousness prevail and that wickedness does not prevail because this is going to be an absolute bloodbath if they're allowed to do this. And I'm talking man, woman, children, nobody's going to be out of the uh, exempt from this. So next report, another short one, Second Amendment sanctuary movement spreads to another state. Hey everybody, welcome back to Guns and Gadgets, your source for Second Amendment news. Uh, before I tell you the state, I just wanted to remind everybody that if you were looking to grab some blackout coffee today, Thursday, and tomorrow, Friday are the last days to order, to get your order before Christmas, so uh, check that out. Link will be in the description to save you some money and support the channel. The Second Amendment sanctuary that has taken over Virginia and had actually started in Illinois and other states now has moved on to the place uh, that many thought that it would go next, Kentucky. This week, Harlan County uh, voted to become a Second Amendment sanctuary, and it was met with zero resistance, which is fantastic because there's enough evidence to show that if given one inch, the tyrants will take 10 yards, yeah. and if you try to stop them, they'll just make more bad laws right. to try to stop whatever it is you're trying they, to do. They frame mischief by a law. 
which is what the Bible says, the wicked do. See, case in point, Virginia. And that's what happened in Harlan County. Uh, Dan Mosley, who is, the title is Judge Executive. It's kind of like the head of the council or for the county. And he said this, Anytime you see gun crimes occur, you're not seeing law-abiding citizens involved in those crimes. We don't feel that law-abiding citizens should be infringed upon. They have this right as guaranteed by the Constitution of this country. He also said that folks had seen what was going on in Virginia and a lot of counties have done the same thing. So this is good news. Uh, more people with common sense around the country are stepping up to protect what is ours and we will not let them take it. Also, not to be outdone, uh, Marshall County is currently working on um, something right now and that ordinance would prevent the enforcement of any unconstitutional gun control. And what they said was that if enacted, county officials cannot knowingly and willingly participate in any way in the enforcement of any unlawful act as defined herein regarding personal firearms, firearms accessories, or ammunition. And that ordinance defines an unlawful act as any federal or state regulation or law that, quote, restricts an individual's constitutional right to keep and bear arms, or any regulation or law that bans, registers, or limits the lawful use of firearms, firearms accessories, or ammunition other than a fully automatic firearm, which is already regulated by federal law. Now, the county officials there have already said that they will send a draft of this uh, document to all the other counties in hopes that they all get on board and uh, row the boat in the same direction. Now, you saw what happened after Virginia pre-filed these bills that are anti-2A, anti-America. Uh, they went crazy, right? And that's what spawned this Second Amendment sanctuary movement. Well, I also want you to remember, watch that video right there, that Kentucky has already pre-filed their uh, magazine ban and assault weapon ban. Uh, so what has happened there will be happening where you live in Kentucky. So obviously this is great news. Uh, if you haven't heard that, that's because you haven't subscribed to Guns and Gadgets yet. So, and again, that's a law enforcement officer. I mean, he, he does, I saw a video he did inside his police cruiser. And so he's, he's a really cool guy, uh, Guns and Gadgets. It's one of the ones I check about every day just to see if he's got any new content. Uh, so there is some very positive things, but again, the, the positive things you're seeing is because these people are seeing this darkness encroaching because there's been very little pushback to the darkness, especially since Trump's been in office. The darkness has uh, increased unabated because it hasn't been really fought against. And now we're seeing that people are actually waking up. So I do, there are some aspects of this that are very, very positive that, that, um, again, they weren't happening because everybody's, so many people have been asleep because Trump's in office and he thinks they're going to protect him, which is the farthest, farthest thing from the truth. Uh, next report. The answer to tyranny is suddenly obvious. Second Amendment sanctuaries and armed militias in every county, every state across America. This is Mike Adams. Now, militias are exploding in popularity across America, right alongside the Second Amendment sanctuaries, uh, which are suddenly skyrocketing in popularity in states way beyond Virginia. Think Oregon, Illinois, New Mexico, Washington, and even California, among other states. This has set the radical left into a total panic. And they're desperately trying to pressure liberal lawmakers to find some way to declare militias to be illegal. And again, this is my, might be why there's a lot of stuff happening right now. Can you imagine if this just continues to spread? And it's going to. Okay. especially the more 
draconian Virginia gets, this is going to be something that spreads in a very good way and starts infecting in a good way other states um, across the nation. And I would think that the New World Order would not want to give that a lot of ample time to do that, to give that movement a lot of ample time to do that. Now, um, we'll see. We'll see. But there are a lot of positive things going on here as well. This has set the... Um, Democratic-run Virginia is attempting to pass a new law, SB 64, that would achieve that goal, criminalizing all self-defense training activities overnight. And that's what started this whole thing off. That's what it reported on originally. Even ensnaring martial arts instructors and concealed firearm instructors as felons. What is, spe what is especially ironic about all this is that it's the lawless left that created the whole sanctuary movement for illegal aliens. You know, because it was the sanctuary cities for the illegal aliens. Okay, so you can have all of these felons and devils coming into your county and you're protected there which is totally illegal okay they're the ones that started that which set the president of states counties or municipalities declaring themselves immune from laws they don't like of course for the radical left their sanctuaries were all about protecting illegal aliens and granting them immunity even if they were rapists murderers or child traffickers there's no crime too extreme for a leftist to ignore when they're trying to grow their voting base uh with more illegals it turns out yeah exactly having established the sanctuary movement themselves the left is now screaming bloody murder at the spontaneous uprisings of these gun sanctuaries counties or cities that declare that they will not follow laws which trample the second amendment rights of their citizens according to the hypocritical left gun sanctuaries are illegal uh and but their own Ill illegal immigration sanctuaries must be respected that's the left for you if they didn't have double standards they wouldn't have no standards at all for example just yesterday the national file reported that virginia's attorney general has officially declared second amendment sanctuary counties and cities in virginia to be illegal that's pretty big deal because 90 percent of the counties in virginia now are second amendment sanctuaries well virginia attorney general mark herring issued an advisory opinion on the commonwealth's ever-growing second amendment sanctuary movement friday morning saying the resolutions passed by over a hundred virginia localities have no legal effect meaning they're in in his eyes in the eyes of the devil they're null and void well we'll see because the sheriffs are going to say they do have legal effect and the citizens that are for that are going to say yes they do have legal effect what are you going to do about it? See, that's where this is all coming to. The movement is spreading like wildfire across America, effectively drawing the battle lines of the coming civil war, which seems to be on the verge of breaking out at almost any moment. James Madison, the first, the President James Madison, in his first inaugural address on Saturday, March 4th, 1809, said an armed and trained militia is the firmest bulwark of republics. It's, it's, in other words, an armed train militia is like the foundation, should be the foundation of any republic, which America is a republic, not a democracy. So what's really uh, causing the deranged and mentally ill left to panic, however, is the uptick in militia membership nationwide. We're hearing from multiple sources that militia membership is up everywhere and that new militia organizations are popping into existence in several states. Open discussion boards like Modern Militia Movement uh modernmilitiamovement.com i give you a link here or you can just key in modernmilitiamovement.com appear to be experiencing brisk activity too the site's guidelines are clearly stated on, on its homepage. 
uh, which are, and I'll read you that. It is the duty of citizens and militias to protect and defend the, the unalienable rights of all members of their communities. Under no circumstances will the modern militia movement tolerate those who advocate acts of criminal violence, terrorism, or a change from our republic form of government, because we're a republic, uh, nor will it support any specific political party or candidate, nor espouse any particular religious denomination or doctrine. All members must understand the duties and obligation of both citizens and government under the United States Constitution. Okay, well, that's pretty fair. Now, that's a far cry from what the leftists think militias are all about, of course, because they're just going to portray them as, you know, just evil devils that, you know, need to be put down. Uh, if you're looking for additional information about militias, uh, mymilitia.com hosts something called the Militia Emergency Response Channel, along with maps, forums, news, more covering militia groups nationwide. The Constitution Society publishes a state-by-state -state directory of militias. They even publish a guide to starting your own militia. Militia Net publishes a list of militia groups state by state. We are covering Gun Sanctuaries news at gunsanctuaries.com. So um, those are some resources that you can check out in the PDF for this date. And to just kind of round this out, I'm going to play this brief video from um, this gentleman. And it's regarding just militias in general. And uh, we'll see what he has to say here. Guys, how are you doing today? I want to give a call out to all my subscribers uh, that they should go out and join their local militia. Uh, whether you call it the three percenter group in your neighborhood, uh, whether you call it... Now, again, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm saying pray fast, however God convicts you. But I also want to give you... I, I, I want to kind of give you the pulse of the nation about what people that are pro-Second Amendment and pro-constitution where their mindset is right now and what they're doing and what is being mobilized a state militia uh, whether you call it the lightfoot militia uh, there's the three percenters original there's three percenters security force um, there's a number of different uh, groups out there that call themselves uh, by different patriotic names uh, you know come and take it and all this other stuff that uh, has to do with uh, being in a militia. The reason I want to tell you to join the militia is um, things are getting very troublesome in this country. Um, things are not going as we had planned. Uh, and furthermore, our founding fathers knew that there would be a day uh, that would arrive one of these uh, years somewhere in the future that we would need a militia. And this is why I'm giving a call out to the militia. Um, the Second Amendment to the Constitution states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, uh, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, so you hear the, first, the, the second part, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, but the first part talks about the militia, which you don't hear a lot about that when you think of Second Amendment. But a well-regulated militia, I mean, they're saying that needs to be in place, and it really needs to be in place all the time. Why? To keep a corrupt, tyrannical government that may or may not be forming in check. And we're seeing now what the what the end result is of a corrupt and tyrannical government where they're coming in and framing mischief by a law, framing wickedness by a law, like Governor Northam. And we're seeing the effect of not doing that, of not having a well-regulated uh, militia, of going to sleep when we think somebody like Trump is in office and thinking that he's going to protect us because he said he would. And we're never going to have another, a better defender of the Second Amendment we don't have to worry about anymore. And again, so many people went to sleep.
over that. And there's a lot of other aspects to that as well. A lot of these pro-gun groups out there in the United States uh, don't focus on the most important part of the Second Amendment. They only focus on the second part of the uh, Second Amendment. The most important part of the Second Amendment is the uh, call to be a part of a well-regulated militia. Uh, well-regulated militia means uh, well-financed, it means well-trained, uh, it means uh, well-organized, such, uh, uh, such as a command structure or whatnot. So, and a lot of these pro-gun groups out there miss the point of the Second Amendment. They just want to focus on the right of the people to keep and bear arms. But that's not the, that's not the topic of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. So you can talk about a free state being uh, either your own personal uh, well-being with your family, your friends, your neighborhood, uh, or it can be the state that you live in, such as uh, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, any state that you live in could be in reference to that free state. Um, and you know, at the end of all my messages uh, here recently, uh, I've given a call out to my uh, viewers to join their local militia, uh, but I'm but I can tell by the uh, the analyticals of the video that most people only watch halfway through, so they don't actually see my message to uh, go out and join their local militia. So I'm going to be talking more about this subject here in coming videos, uh, and I do touch on it usually at the end of most of my videos, uh, but you need to get yourself at least uh, three levels of communications. You need CB radios walkie-talkies, you need um, ham radios, uh, you also need a good fighting rifle, uh, you need a good BDU uniform that you can wear out and that would be able to take some stress of being out in uh, the uh, elements. Uh, you need good boots. Uh, you can't go anywhere if you don't got good boots. Um, you need good transportation. And, uh, and with the boots too, you need to make sure that they're broke in. Because if you put on a new pair of boots, even if they're really good and they're not broke in, and you go out there and you get blisters, the first time you try to use them, and let's say, worst case scenario, that's in some kind of really stressful, you know, um, you're fighting for your life type of environment, that's not good. Um, I think that another thing um, is just making sure you're in some semblance of some type of physical fitness. You know, I try, as a goal, I try to walk, and I don't do it every single day, but just like on my treadmill, like, I try to get in like a mile a day, is I is at least a mile a day. And you'd say, well, some people say, well, that's not enough, and whatever. yeah, but you know what, it makes a difference. And um, I even walk a lot of times on my treadmill barefoot, because when you do that, you're strengthening the muscles and these types of things in your feet and your ankles if you've never done it and you try it uh you're gonna not believe the next day how sore you're probably gonna be and it depends how long you walk but even 10 minutes you're gonna realize how vulnerable your feet are probably because if you're always wearing shoes uh your feet tend to get soft and vulnerable and and it's another way to kind of toughen up your feet 
without actually going out and walking on pavement. It's kind of a happy medium to that. And you're also strengthening a lot of the little micro muscles in your feet and in the arches and in your ankles, walking on a tre uh, barefoot uh, on a treadmill, uh, like a mile a day or at least every other day. And then if, if you're just doing something like push-ups and air squats and, um, you know, there's a lot of body weight exercises that you could do where you don't even have to go to the gym. But something where you're actually trying to get in shape and maintain some form, and that also releases testosterone, releases growth hormone, and, and these are all things that also burn fat and keep you feeling good. And, and if you're doing like a mile a day on the treadmill, you're going to feel better. I guarantee you, you're going to have better energy, you're going to feel better, and you're going to be able to get more stuff done. Uh, you need to have protection for your family and your neighborhood and your community. So, again... Um, there's lots of good resources out there on joining a militia. There's lots of good resources out there on the history of the militia. And I just want to throw my two cents in there uh, as far as joining the militia. So uh, times are getting tough. Uh, times are getting dangerous. Um, so I'm giving you uh, a call out to join your local militia. So thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back with another episode real soon. Thank you. Okay. guys how are you doing today sorry about that okay so we have that uh now next report unlike the nra which is a joke and literally part of the problem just like trump gun owners of america is actually working to thwart gun confiscation plans my only thing with gun owners of america is they're just they put out emails but their emails are really inadequate you have to check the website under action alerts in order to really know what's going on because i i hadn't got anything from them regarding the virginia thing now they send me mailings and they um they send some emails and the mailings are very proactive they come a lot of times with um postcards like it'll come with three different postcards to different elected officials sometimes it's to trump and your senator or whatever because they know where you live and um or the area that you live in and you just put a stamp on it, sign it, send it off. And that carries a lot of weight when you actually send in a postcard. It carries much more weight than even if you make a phone call. And they, they figure that like for every postcard or every letter that's sent in, it, it counts for so many votes. That's how the politicians look at this. So anyway, they, it just carries more weight. So... Virginia is ground zero in the fight against gun control this year, and gun owners are rising to the challenge. Over 100 counties, cities, and towns have declared themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuaries in Virginia, and more are expected to join them very soon. Gun Owners of America has been assisting states' gun right groups, Virginia Citizens Defense League, or the VCDL, in promoting these sanctuaries throughout the state. Uh, in county after county, thousands of concerned Virginians have been showing up to board of supervisor meetings to demand protection from the governor's gun confiscation plans and the crowds are breaking attendance records in that process the threat of gun confiscation is very real at a november 6 2019 press conference a washington post reporter asked governor northrum the devil at virginia whether he supported confiscating assault weapons from gun owners and northrum said quote that's something i'm working on with our secretary of public safety in other words yes he's definitely wants to confiscate assault weapons from gunners he's just got to find out a way to do it okay 
GOA has also, and GOA's Gun Owners of America, has also been actively pursuing sanctuary counties in the nearby states of Pennsylvania and Kentucky. To read more on these efforts, please read the full alert here. I give you a link there. Sorry about that. And then, um, incredibly, Democratic lawmakers are bullying police and county supervisors in Virginia with all kinds of threats, including arrest and prosecution if they support the Second Amendment sanctuary counties. We've talked about that as well. GOA responded by penning an op-ed column in one of the largest papers in the state. The editorial ran in the Roanoke Times succinctly shows why sanctuary counties do not violate state law. The real undermining of the rule of law is the effort by Governor Northam. I mean, it's it's the Second Amendment, okay? The militias and, and the right and keep to bear arms, it's built into, you know, our Constitution. And so... The real undermining of the of the rule of law is the effort of Governor Northam and his administration supporting bogus laws that would imprison Virginians for simply possessing common firearms that are still legal to own and possess in all 50 states. Um, share the article with your pro-gun community, and if you live in Northern Virginia, please share this with your county board of supervisors. And there's a link here. You can download a listing of their names and email addresses. So there's a lot of proactive stuff I just gave you. Um, I would get on Gun Owners of America's email list. You might want to go to some of those other militia sites. And you might want to use a VPN if you do it, virtual virtual privacy network. If you don't you know, want anybody tracking you, don't use like... Um, I like search engines like DuckDuckGo and those which are which have a lot more privacy, but also using a VPN is another way that, you know, kind of to make your tracks invisible type of thing. I'm not saying there's no way they can't track you, but it's just a it's just a, le a layer of protection there. Okay, so let's go further. Take action. Now, now we're going to talk about Trump. And uh, this is take action. A, a lot of people email me about this. A lot of my listeners email me about this and you're not going to believe this of course you will if you've been listening to particularly my report since february how trump has really 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 turned at that point um and is stabbing his constituents in the back just about every single day as deep and as hard as he can take action against trump's end of free speech decree President Trump's recent executive order is the text of the Jewish ADL's Anti-Semitism Awareness Act, S-852, which was recently rejected by the U.S. Senate for committee consideration. And you can see the bill here and the executive order here. S-852 can make a hate criminal of any student, teacher, administrator, or even employee of the U.S. public education or that strongly criticizes Israel. So all you have to do is strongly criticize Israel and um, you can be made a, a criminal by this executive order that he signed the other day, okay? Um, if uh, any student, teacher, administrator, or even employee of the U.S. public education system who strongly criticizes Israel, it says they can be arrested for the crime of anti-Semitism and, and intimidation of Jewish students on campus. They then can be punished under the harsh anti-discrimination rules of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. My comment is, but you can say or do whatever you want to Christians, because Trump's a Christian. 
you know, and he's so uh, pulling for us and, and so there he's got our backs in every way, shape and form. No, it's actually the exact opposite. But S852 has also has Christians as its primary target. Thank you, you fork-tongued devil from the pit of hell, President Trump. It contains 11 examples by which the U.S. government can identify and prosecute any Christian in public education who is deemed an anti-Semitic hate criminal. Making such a determination is simple, according to S852's example 9. It says that any Christian who agrees, I mean, this is, I can't even believe what I'm getting ready to read you. S852 example 9 says that any Christian who agrees with the frequent New Testament claims of Jews killing Jesus, which they obviously did, they said, you know, to Pilate, let his blood, Jesus' blood, be upon us and our children. Crucify Jesus. Give us the murderer Barabbas. Which collectively brought a curse on them that pretty much stays in effect to this day. And this is why I believe the Bible says that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Okay? He came to his own, but his own received him not, is what the Bible says. The Jews did reject him collectively. Now, now obviously, the, the disciples were Jewish, and then a lot of the, the, um, the earliest converts were almost all Jewish, most of them. So it's not talking about every single Jew, just like I'm not talking about every single Jew here. I'm talking about mostly the synagogue of Satan. They call themselves Jews, but they're not. And that the Bible refers to. But it says that any Christian who agrees with the frequent New Testament claims of Jews killing Jesus, which is an actual, absolute historical fact, is guilty of classical anti-Semitism. Most Jews believe that the Christian charge that the Pharisees persuaded the Romans to kill Christ smears Jews as Christ killers leading directly to the Holocaust. So, in other words, the New Testament is directly to blame for the Holocaust. I don't think that's, tr that's true at all. I, I think that Hitler had totally embraced the whole concept of evolution, and evolution teaches that there's inferior um, human classes, and they group Jews as the most closest to the apes, the Jews and the blacks, but they had a lot of Jews in their country. And that was one of the reasons they went after the Jews and one of the reasons they, they killed off that, like the handicapped and the drunks and these types of people because they viewed them as inferior stock. But the Jews were the, were the clearest example of that. They felt that the Jews on the evolutionary scale were of an inferior breed and therefore they had every right to kill them because why have them breed with anybody because they're inferior that's why they had the whole aryan fifth root race god man that they were trying to create and in order to do that they would have to eliminate inferior what they deemed as inferior stock stocks of human beings and the jews were one of the first ones on the list okay i don't think i don't think uh uh hitler cared less about what the new testament said seeing that he was a demon possessed vessel of satan and a total occultist, you know. So going forward here, since the new, since the anti-Semitic New Testament led to so much Jew suffering, this is how they're looking at it. S 
852 must presume that anyone distributing such hate literature should be prosecuted. So this is how they're going to do away with the Bible. And Trump is on the absolute literal spear tip of making that all happen. Remember, eight, S-852 is no longer just another Jewish ADL hate crimes bill. It's designed to entrap Christians. Rather, S-852 and its insidious intentions toward Christians is now federal law. This devil just did this this last week. Trump did. You hear anything from Mark Taylor about this? Or Jonathan Conjob? Or any of the other televangelists? Or the Q movement? Or Mike Adams or Dave Hodges? And these types that, that never talk about all the wickedness that Trump is doing? I didn't. Hadn't heard a peep. Not nothing from none of them. Because they're, bare minimum, very deluded and deceived about this situation those people and i i don't i will not give mark taylor or jonathan conjob or the televangelist that benefit of the doubt at all not even or q i won't give them the benefit of the doubt at all i think they're in position by design on purpose used as a tool of satan in order to placate everyone and make everybody think trump is this christian and he's doing all this righteous stuff while they're going out of their way to cover this type of stuff up or make sure you never ever read about it because they're of their father, the devil, and of his lust and of his works, they will do. They want you to be deceived. They want you to be blindsided with what's coming. They want Christianity to be blindsided. And I'm here, in as much as I have any um, hope to try to minimize that. And I'm not saying I'm the only one, but man, there's not a lot of people... <laughs> going after trump that that call themselves christians i'm sorry there's not there's some but there's not many it is now federal law it must by command of the president be considered to provide the fairest most enlightened and workable standards by which not only the u.s department of education but all levels of government help him uh, as pastor john hagee vowed who's a devil from the pit of hell uh, who's basically a, uh, like a, he, I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he's already converted to Judaism. Pastor John Hagee vowed to root out and destroy the curse of unrestrained criticism of Israel. Well, may, may your own tongue fall upon your head, you devil, John Hagee. You and all your devil ilk. All people like Pastor John Hagee are doing is ultimately going to take people to hell. Is what I say. Because by their works, by their fruit, you shall know them. I mean, Hagee's taught to his congregation. I've done just Keen Hagee in the keyword search, but he's taught to his congregation that there's this thing called ethnic salvation where just because they're Jews, they're going to heaven. Just because of the blood that flows through their veins, they don't need to get saved like you and I. No, no. No, they get a special free pass, get out of jail free card, get into heaven free card. Total lies from the pit of hell. And he, that devil John Hagee was right next to Trump when he signed this bill. Right next to him. So what can be done? Unfortunately, most Christians are unaware that President Trump has destroyed our First Amendment, free, free speech rights to criticize anyone, including Jews in Israel, without fear of arrest. Yet, aside from prayer and fasting, there is one very effective way to begin to reverse what Trump has done. Now, this is his opinion, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's what he's saying. 
It's by many hundreds of truth teams, groups of lovers of freedom, bringing the whole truth to Trump's massive soft underbelly, which are evangelical churches. You and your friends can reproduce this article on an 8 by 14 paper, preferably by the thousands, then select the first church you will visit, call beforehand for the exact time the church usually ends. When you arrive, station yourselves with hundreds of extra flyers to cover up all exit points in the parking lots, be neatly dressed and smiling, tell them we are very concerned that President Trump's recent executive order outlawing speech critical of Israel in public education violates our First Amendment rights. Would you like to learn more? Below is a tear-off petition to Trump, which millions of Christians can be persuaded to sign and mail to the White House. Not that he cares, but it would send a clear signal to the Illuminati, to Trump's handlers in the Illuminati, that there are many awoke people regarding what Trump is doing. He's totally in the back pocket of the synagogue of Satan. They own him lock, stock, and barrel. The Rothschilds own him and have bailed him out of numerous bankruptcies which is like the most wicked evil family on planet earth they're behind almost every wicked nefarious scheme that i talk about the rothschilds and they own trump and have for decades an easily verifiable fact that i have proven over and over since february If you are only one person in your area to undertake this project, don't be daunted. You can always come back repeatedly. Once one church has been reasonably reached by a single person or a group, go to the next week to another evangelical church until you have covered all in your area. Thus, as a result of only one hour a week, hundreds, perhaps thousands may be weekly awakened to Trump's dictatorial ban on free speech. I don't think it's quite going to go that smooth if somebody tries to go do this. Because... Once the pastors and them realize it's anything against Trump, they're going to probably try to shut you down. Now, I'm not saying that so you don't do it. I'm just telling you that they're acting like you're just going to go there and this is going to be a cakewalk. Um, I think there's a lot of creative ways you can get these in Christians' hands. You know, why couldn't you? Why couldn't you blanket the parking lot like like a windshield thing? You know. Um, it could be sent to the, all the people in church leadership. I mean, maybe some of them are honest. Maybe some of them will, will look. It's only one page. And maybe some people report on it from the pulpit. I don't know. All I'm saying is there's other, there, there, there are many ways that this could be done, I believe. And uh, again, this is why this, re, this ministry kind of exists. So I, I, I you know... It's just people, when it comes to Trump and Christians, they don't, from what I've seen, they don't want to hear it. Print this 8 by 14 flyer. There's a tear-off petition to mail into the White House. And I'll give you the link here. You may also view this email in a web browser in the following link. And here's another link. And this is from Reverend Ted Pike, uh, Director of National Prayer Network, a Christian conservative watchdog group. His activism is chronicled at truthtellers.org and he may be contacted at, and then I'll give you his email address here. So I wanted to make you aware of that and also we're going to go into this more now because I had a lot of people email me about this. And the, the, my biggest problem initially was the people that were coming out with audios on this, they were all like an hour and a half. I'm like, that's impractical for me to play um, in my broadcast. I'm trying to cover a myriad of topics and 
compress it all so that I can just put out one audio at the end of the week so that we're covering many, many topics. So continuing with this line of thought, Trump signed an executive order showing his true loyalties are to the Rothschilds and Israel. And I'm, when they say Israel, I mean the synagogue of Satan and not America or American foundational principles like free speech. Now I'm going to go ahead and play this audio here. And it says something very bad happened in America. And Epstein's pal was there. This is Dershowitz, who was um, one of the ones that was implicated uh, and by eyewitnesses of the underage girls of, of um, having underage sex with girls in Epstein's own house. Now, I've, I've covered that before. Dershowitz was smiling, as was John Hagee, right next to Trump, as was Jared Kushner looking on like he's literally the prince of darkness this picture and the uh trump's witch daughter ivanka who has likes to wear her red kabbalah bracelet string and um i mean this is just an absolute total and I, i've seen so many christian websites that are just praising that this happened praising that this legislation was signed like it's such a gigantic problem in america where jews are, are being persecuted or whatever christians yes jews not so much sorry but it's not the enormity of some type of problem that this has to be done but see there's a there's an ultimate objective regarding all of this and it's ultimately about demonizing christians and taking away our rights and banning the bible is what this is really about and trump is right on the spear tip of all of this one of the big reasons i despise the left versus right left versus right paradigm lie and the reason i talk about it all the time is because it's the left versus right paradigm lie thank you yes which again is something that i think somebody like dave hodges or mike adams or a lot of the people that are pro-trump would have talked about prior to him being elected but then all of a sudden he got elected and oh that doesn't exist anymore Nope, Trump's, Trump's on our team. He's a good guy and he'll, he'll never do anything to betray us or, or whatever. All the stuff that's happening under his watch is not his fault. He's not complicit in any of it. It's just all the wicked, evil people around him that unfortunately he surrounded himself with. And in, in many cases, that's fine though. This is people into believing that they're for freedom when nothing could be further from the truth. For example, people are always talking about impeaching Trump because of quid pro quo when we can clearly see that Joe Biden absolutely engaged in quid pro quo with Ukraine by his own admission to the tune of $1 billion. Now, nobody talks about the fact that they should have never transferred $1 billion American taxpayer tax cattle dollars to Ukraine. Nobody mentions that Trump had no business giving Ukraine 300 or 400 million tax cattle dollars to Ukraine for foreign aid because we can't afford it, number one, and you don't even need to go to number two, except I will mention number two, is that it was extorted from the American people, stolen from the American people to be given to a foreign power. Nobody's outraged about that, but they want to impeach Trump because they're saying they abused, that he abused his executive privilege. Name one president that hasn't abused his executive privilege. Name one president who hasn't committed an impeachable offense by violating the Constitution, which is exactly what Trump's doing right here, right now. 
This is from The Independent. I could pick any one of these articles out, guys. CNN, MSLSD, Faux News, Haaretz, Slate, New York Post, Reason. Everybody's covering this. Doesn't matter what article. They all say pretty much the same thing. Trump to sign. He already signed it. Executive order defining Judaism as a nationality. Why would you need to go any further than that title right there? Let me remind you of the First Amendment. Remember, Judaism is a religion. It's not a nationality. Okay? That's the whole insanity behind this. It, it would be like, you know, you saying you can't do anything to criticize Christianity at all. You can't. Could you imagine the the absolute total outcry and screams and and you know seizures and tantrums that would be thrown by the people in the mainstream media if that if he signed an executive order about like this but yet it was about christianity it wouldn't be right if he signed it about christianity to say that you can't criticize it i don't even agree with that and i'm a christian well he did that though with judaism he did that though with judaism because it's such a gigantic problem evidently we've got to get under control this guy right here and all the guys before him, all the 44 guys before him, put their hand on their Bible and raised their other hand toward heaven and swore they would protect and defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And yet they become the very domestic enemies that they claim to protect the people against. What does the First Amendment say? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. You might say, well, Congress is the legislative branch. And Trump is the executive branch, so that exempts him. No. The Bill of Rights, <laughs> the Bill of Rights was, is there to actually shackle the federal government and free the American people. It's not made as a restriction to the people. It's made as freedom for the people from the shackles of the federal tyranny. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. And yet, what is he doing? Right in the executive order defining Judaism as a nationality. Judaism is a religion. He's respecting a religion. He's writing an executive order respecting an established religion. A religion that absolutely hates Jesus Christ and Christianity at its core. Okay? Because it just depends how far you take this. Is Do you define Judaism as, you know, practicing the, the Kabbalah? and or the Babylonian Talmud, which says things so blasphemous about Jesus Christ, you can't even, I, don't, I can't even really repeat them. They're so evil and wicked and twisted and perverse. Where does that end? Well, I think it's just going to encompass it all. I think that's what it, what it did encompass. I mean, that's the sect, the Shabbat Lubavitch sect that Jared Kushner is in, and now Ivanka is that, because she converted. That's his own son-in-law and, and daughter, well, of course it's going to encompass that. I mean, they practice the Kabbalah, which is the highest form of, of Jewish witchcraft that you could imagine. So that's what's really, at the end of the day, being protected. Or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech. And the funny thing about this executive order is that it claims to promote freedom of speech by combating anti-Semitism says Donald Trump will sign, already did, an executive order effectively defining Judaism as a nationality, not just a religion, and what the White House has described as an order to combat 
anti-Semitism on U.S. college campuses. Now, that sounds good, but anytime you have a law stating that it's going to do something like facilitate freedom of speech or combat anti-Semitism, well, you have a redundancy now. You already have a freedom of speech law. It's the First Amendment. If you make a law on top of this law that says pretty much the same thing about freedom of speech, then you're basically saying this law is not good enough. Exactly. So why don't we throw You're you're basically throwing out the First Amendment then. In other words, this executive order trumps, no pun intended, uh, the First Amendment. Because it does. It does do that. It takes precedence over this. So again, like I said, Trump's done more wickedness than any other president I've ever seen personally. They've gotten away with more... You know, and again, who's protecting him on this? Well, the left, the same people that supposedly hate his guts. Because they're not they're not demonizing Trump for doing this, as far as I can see. That's why it's all theater at the end of the day. Constitution out. Why don't we throw the Bill of Rights out? They're not gonna say that. They're not gonna do that, but they're acting in hypocrisy and in duplicity. You get somebody up there signing an executive order for something the First Amendment is supposed to cover everybody for anyway. It doesn't matter about their nationality. And then add on top of that that it's, it sure looks like respecting an establishment of a religion right there, establishing this religion as a nationality. You have an, a, an executive order establishment. And what is an executive order? It basically becomes the law of the land. He created a law. And what is a law? It's nothing more, nothing less than the opinions of any politician, president, congressman, senator, I don't care. It's the opinion of a politician backed by the threat of force. In other words, you need to pay attention to this executive order. You need to obey this law. If you don't obey this law, we reserve the right to punish you for disobeying this law. And who do we have here in the background? Who's this guy right here? Can you see him? <laughs> Let's just move this forward and backward right here. Oh, he's smiling. He loves it. He loves it. Devil. That's Alan I ride on I rode many times in the Lolita Express Dershowitz. Yep. Well, so did Trump though. So did Trump. He did too. Let me let me just read you another little. I've I've read this about Alan Dershowitz many times. Part of my my um oh, it's only a fifty one page I've got on uh, uh, a document I have on Trump that I've used and referenced many many times, and I'm just going to read you this excerpt out of it. In addition to constantly finding underage girls to satisfy their personal desires, Epstein and Maxwell, which is Ghislaine Maxwell, which was like his his handler, and she was the one that went out and procured the girls, uh, also got girls for Epstein's friends and acquaintances. Epstein specifically told me that the reason for him doing this so was that they would owe him and that they would be in his pocket and that he would have something on them. Why Epstein would want dirt on powerful people other than for his own personal gain is a mystery. We can only conclude that he was gathering dirt on behalf of some other party like Mossad or for Israel's desk at the CIA, which is exactly what he was doing. Investigators into the Epstein child sex scandal turned up a contact book that contained the names and contact information for many prominent people, some of which included New York lawyer Alan Dershowitz, Donald Trump, and liquor baron Edgar Brofman and former U.S. President William Jefferson Clinton because they're all the same slime bags and birds of a feather flock together. So Trump's all in the middle of all of this. I mean, Epstein was his wingman. They're, they've been photographed over and over. They were recruiting people from Trump's Marlago residence, which was a mere stone's throw from Epstein's house, you know, in West Palm Beach. I mean, 
they're totally tied at the hip. But then they act like, oh, Trump doesn't want anything. He, he's he's disavowed him. Oh, yeah, he was just molesting underage girls and little boys for a long time, though, with them. That, that's fine. That's fine. But now, you know, he's repented of his ways, obviously. Uh, Roberts claims she was forced to have sex with Dershowitz six times. That's one of the girls um, that they uh, that's brought lawsuits against Trump. So Roberts claims she was forced to have sex with Dershowitz six times. This is the guy that's standing beside Trump signing this executive order now. Yet supposedly Trump's disavowed all these people out of his life. What a lie from the pit of hell. But denies seeing Clinton having sex with anyone, although he was president at Epstein's mansion as well as having flown on Epstein's personal jet. Here's a picture of Alan Dershowitz making a Kabbalistic Masonic pose. I mean, it's really, yeah really obvious and i could go on and on but that's just a little excerpt from one of the documents that i have that i thought i would um just kind of remind you of best buds with a pedophile mm -hmm. who didn't kill himself what the hell's going on here there's jared the the the, the best the pedophile who didn't kill himself is epstein they're all pedophiles though okay missionary and who's this right here? Who is that? John Hagee. That's John Hagee, pastor of Cornerstone Church. That's John Israel. I'm sold, I've am sold my soul to Israel Hagee. Yep, that's right. Look at this guy. Look at that right there. He's leaning against that thing because he's a little out of shape. Had too much. Oh, better not lean on that. Cameras <laughs> are on. Oh, applaud, applaud. Yay, yay, Israel. Uh, yay. I haven't seen one Christian organization call trump out on this other than the ted pike now, i'm not saying i think there's one other one but most of them are secular people like this gentleman doing this video high impact vlogs um because they're not clouded now i'm not saying that, that them not being a christian is a good thing but they're not clouded by the whole they haven't had the wool pull, pulled over their eyes by the 501c3 corporate um, supposed pseudo-Christianity movement, which is what's happened to most of the people. Because most Christians think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, what Trump just signed. How many criminals? How many pedos? That's right. Are up here. Absolutely. Well, Trump's one of them. He's one of the biggest pedos. But yeah, there, I, I would almost guarantee you that all the men up here are most likely um, child molesters. And most likely participated in human sacrifice of children. Because that's the only way you get to this level. Mocking the American people. Trampling on the First Amendment. Writing laws against the First Amendment. Saying they're for the First Amendment. Look, you already have the First Amendment. You don't need a law on top of the First Amendment to say, no, no, this is really going to act the First Amendment now. The move has been criticized by free speech advocates, and rightly so, who were concerned a broader definition of anti-Semitism could be used to limit criticism of Israel's government. You think? Check this out. This is the website of the U.S. Department of State where they define anti-Semitism. And boy, is it broad. If you haven't read it, you Guaranteed there's nothing up there like that about defining anti-Christian. Whatever that, you know. No, it's just any... That's the only thing that matters. Because this will apply to you. Huh. This is part of what that law is about. Wow. I mean, it's huge. It's huge. I mean, it's just, I mean, oh man, I mean, it's so bad. 
accusing Jews as a people of being responsible for real or imagined wrongdoing committed by a single Jewish person or group? Oh, well, that would that would fall under the whole thing of, you know, the Jews at the time collectively going before Pilate and saying, crucify Jesus, give us Barabbas the murderer, let Jesus' blood be upon us and our children. Okay? Our lineage, essentially. So, again, this is why they're going to, this is the justification for absolutely doing away with the New Testament, taking away the Bibles. And Trump is the one that is that is at the spear tip of making all of this happen. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely unbelievable that they have this unbelievably protected classification and status. Can't question the Holocaust. You can't question Israel, Israel policies. You can't broad scope and broad spectrum the Jewish people or say anything bad about Judaism. Look at this. So in other words, no, no First Amendment at all when it comes to Jews. None. Mendacious, dehumanizing, demonizing, and stereotypical allegations about Jews or such, or the power of Jews as collective, such as, especially but not exclusively, the myth about a world Jewish conspiracy or of Jews controlling the media, economy, government, or other societal <laughs> Yeah, like they don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. So I just mean. don't accuse them of what they're guilty of. I mean, I'm talking about synagogue of Satan. I'm not saying, I'm not lumping all Jews into this classification. Okay, but I'm saying the ones that are at the top of the power chain, the ones that practice the Kabbalah and love the Babylonian Talmud and hate Jesus Christ, and want to see all Christians wiped off the planet because they don't believe that unless all Christians are wiped off the planet that their Messiah can come because that's what they say when they're interviewed. And I've played their clips before out of their own mouths. And they believe that Christians have to be done away with and eradicated in order to bring in their awaited Messiah which will be the Antichrist and the false prophet. And this is why they're, they're bringing in the... Um, the Middle Eastern and the blacks into Europe and into America. Well, they're flooding it with illegal aliens, but why you see this constant, the Jews control the media, why you see this constant portrayal of black men and white women or, or white men with black women in almost every commercial. Now I don't even have a TV, but what I see online, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. What I see online regarding that. And they're the ones that control of, of, of the media and Hollywood. And this just shows you that they're trying to normalize all this because they want white women to interview with black men. And they want black, white men to interview with black women. And they want to try to eradicate ca the Caucasian populations because the white person has to die. The Caucasians have to all die. Now, that's their agenda. I'm not going to apologize for what they're trying to do the, to the Caucasians. If I was black and I said this, you couldn't accuse me of racism. But because I'm white, I'm not supposed to talk about it. Well, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm telling you what they're doing. And I'm going to expose it. As, un, as politically incorrect as that may be, I'm going to expose it. It's a conspiracy. Read on, guys. I'll leave this link in the description so you can read it yourself. Amazing what they want to make criminal. Oh, it is. You will be a criminal if you yep. go against this executive order. Yep. And that's why I hate the left versus right paradigm. Because we know the left is out to lunch. We know Nazi Pelosi, excuse me, Nancy Pelosi and little Chucky Schumer and Adam Schiff and all those are out to lunch, man. Bizarro world. Get out the straight jacket, the paddy wagon, throw them in the padded cell. Break out the Give butterfly Give them a mild nets. sedative or a extra strength sedative. 
I'm not recommending that YouTube. Don't take my channel down. It's all tongue in cheek. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. But the right is just as out to lunch. They're just as authoritarian. They want to take just as many of your rights away. Yep. Anytime a law is made, there's a transfer of power. It's a transfer of your freedom from your freedom to theirs. You lose freedom, they gain more power over you. You lose wealth, they gain your wealth. There's always a transfer in any kind of trade. Wherever there's a loser, there's a winner on the opposite side of that trade. And that's what you're seeing right here. And it's all under the guise of combating anti-Semitism and advocating free speech on college campuses. Well, you better believe this is going to really bring all the 501c3 corporate ministries and churches into a line. Boy, if anybody was saying anything against the Jews now, when they get wind of this, they're really going to fall, get right in lockstep in the line and be good little, good little Nazis. You know, do whatever they're told when it comes to this. I don't care where I see evil. I'm going to expose it. And if I end up dying for that, I end up dying for it, okay? I mean, you know, it's gotten to the point where things are so wicked, it's so out of control. I mean, how much longer do we even have left in this type of environment? I'm not saying God can't preserve a person or, or protect them um, in this type of situation. But because the Christian church in large has not spoken up, and been silent, and been gelded, and asleep, particularly in America, that's why we've gotten to this stage of where things like this are being passed, and Christians think it's great. Let everybody talk. We already got that. We don't need anything else. If the First Amendment isn't good enough, if the Constitution is not good enough, Nancy Pelosi's up there the other day going, oh, how we cherish the Constitution. It's BS. How can anybody turn on their TV and look at a politician without just thinking this is just Comedy Central hour? This is an SNL skit. All this. The only problem is the joke's on us, so it's really not that funny. We're the ones being stolen from. We're the ones have, that have our rights removed anytime this kind of stuff happens. They make it sound like it's for your benefit. It's not. It never is. Be very concerned. Be very, very concerned anytime you see a politician in this posture right here. Pen to the paper. Pen to the paper yep. means rights lost. Yep. Pen to the paper means wealth goes out the window. And it's transferred to all these guys right here. Oh, there are representatives. They don't represent you. They represent the Title 28, Section 300215A, United States Federal Corporation. They're corporate employees serving the corporate interests. Don't forget that, guys. Exactly. Leave your thoughts about this for the world in the Google Thought. Okay, so we have that. So, again, Trump just selling us out. At breakneck speed, and uh, just unbelievable. So, did President Trump just give the New World Order a helping hand? It appears he just dealt a major blow to America and to all Christians. You had better understand why. Question Is Trump being played by those close to him to unknowingly execute the New World Order agenda, or is he executing the New World agenda willingly with full knowledge? Absolutely the latter. Remember, he's been in Kabbalah training for a long time. That book that he released in 2003 where he said, I was going to my Kabbalah teacher, okay? He's been, he's, I believe he's converted to Judaism a long time ago in secret. He's got a Kabbalah tree of life that's hang, hanged in his office for decades, I think since the 80s, given that award. Uh, Marla Maples' first wife would wear the red Kabbalah string, or no, I think it was his second wife. Uh, Ivanka, Ivanka's little girl um you know he's got a kabbalah i mean this guy's been 
he knows what what's going on here. He knows what he's doing. He's an actor. Okay. A reality TV actor that's been brought in to really, I think, be the last coffin in America's, well, the last nail in America's coffin. Question, how in this day and age can he not know of the New World Order agenda and the Luciferian plot to destroy America? Question, why is Trump supporting a Talmudic Jewish utopia, a.k.a. the New World Order? Trump's newest executive order strips colleges and students of the rights while giving a status of superiority to a religion, to one religion of, which is Judaism. The Trump administration will now classify Judaism as a nationality rather than a religion. This is a step to bringing forth the Noahide laws in America through fraud. And we talked about just key Noahide laws in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've talked about those in recent times. This article was generated as a result of my reading executive order just signed by Trump, which is found at the bottom of this page. The order executive order 13899 of December 11th of this year combating anti-semitism so if you want to read it give you the link to it to anyone that does not know what anti-semitism code words mean consider the following quote to determine the true rulers of any society all must all you must do is ask yourself this question who is it that i am not permitted to criticize well now we know because there's no other executive order on the books like this that i know of to determine the true rulers of any society, all you must do is ask that question. Who am I not permitted to criticize? We all know who it is that we are not permitted to criticize. We all know that it is a sin to criticize. Sodomy, we, we all know who it is that it, it is a sin to criticize. Sodomy is no longer a sin in America. Um, treason and burning and spitting and urinating on the american flag is no longer a sin in america these are all things that are perfectly fine gross desecration of the christian religious symbols is no longer a uh, sin in america the degradation of beautiful young girls and disgusting pornography is no longer a sin in america the killing by multiple millions of the next generation in the womb via abortion is no longer a sin in america but anti-semitism is the ultimate sin so I like the way they put that because they're they're contrasting them protecting one religion that hates Jesus Christ and Christianity above all other things. And they're contrasting it with all these other wicked things that it's fine to say whatever you want, you know, or you, you can't, you know, you can't say anything against abortion. You're not supposed to, or you're intolerant and you're a bigot and these types of things. It is a sin according to the powers that be to criticize Jewish power or even to point out the facts that it exists. It is a sin to oppose or criticize the Jewish agenda. A sin that sometimes has serious personal and professional consequences. But you know what? The powers that be are losing control of the narrative. Hundreds of thousands of us, even in the face of increasing tyranny, have now awakened in just the last few years alone. And I think that's why they're accelerating this agenda. Because, you know, the Rothschilds, they're, they're of a Jewish bloodline. The Rockefellers, they're of a Jewish bloodline. Okay, they're synagogue of Satan all the way. All the 13 families of, of the Illuminati, I'm pretty sure, are of that bloodline. Okay, that's what they claim. But again, at the end of the day, Satan's at the top and his fallen angels and, and his demons and devils. Okay, so I'm not going to just blame it. I mean, then you have Catholicism and the Pope and the Jesuits. You know, they're a huge factor. There's, there's a lot of moving parts here. Okay, at the end of the day, they're all on team evil 
And they're all trying to bring about the new world order. But they're all, at the same time, vying and jockeying for position who will be at the head of the table and who will have the most power. So that's why you still will see infighting. Um, it is also a sin to oppose or criticize the Jewish agenda, a sin that sometimes has serious personal and professional consequences. Well, it's really going to start to have that now since he signed this uh, executive order. But you know what? The powers that be are losing control. Um, so the Jewish power structure has no choice but to surrender or to ratchet up their restrictions on free speech and their persecution of free thinkers. Yes, I, I kind of agree with that. I think that's why they're getting so in your face. And they're using Trump as the main tool to do that. They will surely choose the latter and that will accelerate the awakening and I'm proud to be a part of it. So here's all the links to this guy's um, websites. Now let's play this. Donald Trump's clear long-standing business links to the mob. Nice little little thing here. We can see here. Donald Trump says he's worth $11 billion. I'm really rich. I'll show you that in a second. But go and look at what he's built, and some questions arise. Trump Plaza. I know the best people, and I'm totally self-funding my campaign, so I don't have to take... I mean, the guy's just, everything comes out of his mouth is a total lie. Total lie. The, the Rothschilds and the Jewish banking families have bailed this guy out over and over and over again. And we're the ones behind him and have been the ones behind him for decades. Donors and special interest people and lobbyists, I don't have to bring them in. Wise. On how he got so rich, Trump has in the past boasted of his business integrity. I'm 100% oh. clean, he said. Yeah, right. The same cannot be said of some of the people he did business with. Trump Plaza, Atlantic City, New Jersey. The site of Donald Trump's foray into the casino business. It ended up in a heap of broken dreams. Trump Plaza closed two years ago. Four of his gambling businesses went bust. Back in 1980, when Trump launched his first casino here, some of his business partners worked for the Mafia. The picture in New York was no better. I'm sure he didn't know they worked for the Mafia. I mean, Trump's always been as clean as a whistle. I've got a friend uh, locally that used to be a reporter in the New York area, and um, he, I mean, he just shakes his head whenever the subject of Trump comes up because... He was there and reporting on this stuff back in the day. And, and it was like, Trump is so, he's such a bad person. He's, it, that's just, he would tell me this. He's, he's, he's a very, very evil, bad person. This guy's not even a Christian. He's more, he considers himself moderate, I guess. Uh, and he's not really left. He's not really right. He's more like in the middle, okay? And um, a lot of people that are moderate think that's like a badge of of honor or something and I, I view it as being lukewarm but the thing is is that he just it's it's amazing that you bring up that subject with him and he will just bring up example after example of, of all of the corruption that he's always been a part of and that it's been so well known for so many decades and 
the fact that this that you know he's got this new shiny veneer on him now and and you know people think that all of a sudden he's some type of good person couldn't it be further than than you know from the truth here lies fat tony salerno once one of the most feared men in new york he was the boss of the genovese crime family and it just so happens the man from whom Donald Trump bought his concrete. <laughs> Fat Tony and other mobsters are a lock on New York concrete. While most builders use steel and some concrete, Trump built the tallest concrete building in New York. Fat Tony Salerno was fat, <laughs> and he was the head of the Genovese crime family, which was the most powerful crime family in the city at the time. And Fat Tony didn't just supply concrete to Donald Trump. The two men also shared a lawyer, Roy Cohn. Well, the evidence is that... Uh, uh, who, was, who was the... Roy Cohn was considered, you know, Lucifer and Satan by people that would write about this guy and was the openly uh, gay sodomite that would have parties where they would dress up like Roman soldiers. Young, young gay men would come in. Trump was one of the first ones, and I posted a picture in a PDF not too long ago of, of Trump and, and Roy Cohen at one of his parties, like back in the early 70s, when Trump actually was young, and he, dressed, he had the rouge and he had all the makeup on, and he was one of the gay, one of his gay boy toys, and that's how he got, that's how he got in with Roy Cohn. I mean, and Cohn was a notorious mob lawyer, and his self-professed, Trump said that was his mentor. Tony Salerno met with Donald Trump in Roy Cohn's office, of which course. makes incredibly logical sense. Not only did I have sources. So you've got the biggest gangster mobster in New York meeting with Trump and Roy Cohn, the, the mob lawyer in Roy Cohn's office. Me that at the time. But when you consider that he's building the largest concrete structure of its time, and the concrete industry is controlled by Fat Tony Salerno, it makes all the sense in the world. In the early 90s, Trump was almost a billion dollars in the red. By 2004, he'd recovered and got into reality TV. You're fired. Because he'd been bailed out by the Rothschild so many times. But here's someone he didn't fire, his business associate, Felix Sater. And it shows them together, standing on a street together, Trump and this guy. 1991 in this bar, Felix Sater had a row with another Wall Street broker. Sater snapped the stem of a margarita glass and stabbed the man in the neck and face. The man had 110 stitches. And Sater, he went to prison. Out of jail, he took part in a $40 million stock market fraud, boosting shares and then selling them at a profit, a pump-and-dump scam. Then Sater made a deal with the FBI, informing on his fellow fraudsters in the Cosa Nostra. Sater's conviction was publicized, but later... Well, in the Cosa Nostra is the mob. ...turn for him cooperating with the feds, it was sealed. Sater and Trump got into business together in the early 2000s, when Sater was an executive at Bayrock. And again, Trump knew all this. I mean, obviously he did. And this is the type of people he wanted to be in business with. Slime bags just like himself. 
This is one of three developments that Donald did with Bayrock. From Trump Soho, the name, you would have thought that Trump was the money behind this project. He wasn't. He was only the face. As well as Trump Soho, there were two other projects with Bayrock. Trump Fort Lauderdale in Florida and Trump Camelback in Arizona. When property prices began to slide, the Trump Bayrock projects in Florida and Arizona crashed. Newsnight understands investors lost at least $10 million on the Trump Fort Lauderdale deal alone. I checked out the location in Fort Lauderdale. It was an absolute great location. And I thought with the Trump organization behind it and Mr. Trump. This is an investor in the Trump Fort Lauderdale. This is who we're talking, this gentleman. Uh, putting his name on the line, I thought it would be very successful. Said everything fine? Everything's good. In 2013, I challenged Trump about his relationship with Felix Sater. Why didn't you go So he's interviewing Trump on the, on, well, there on the golf course, and now he's interviewing Trump in, in an office, the guy that's doing this report. Felix Sater and say, you're connected with the mafia. In 2013, I challenged Trump about his relationship with Felix Sater. Why didn't you go to Felix Sater and say, you're connected with the mafia, you're fired? Well, first of all, we were not the developer there. That was a licensing deal. But your name was on it. A very simple licensing deal. Now, you're, you're listening to one of the slickest, most soulless consciousness. I mean, he has no conscience. His conscience has been seared by a hot iron. I, he's a vessel of Satan prepared for God's destruction is what I believe about Trump. Because anybody that can lie this well, constantly, and off the cuff, and not miss a beat, you've got yourself a true, a true psychopath. A, a narcissistic psychopath, I believe, is what Trump is. I believe he was born that way. He was a vessel of wrath. Fitted, meaning prepared ahead of time for God's destruction. God hath prepared all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. These are just Bible verses. And um, his narcissism knows no end. So he's a, he, would what be, he would be termed as a narcissistic psychopath. And I'm sure there's other classifications of personality. Uh, the, the pedophilic one, too, that I know that the um, psychiatry, the, the ones that know about his lawsuits of him molesting little girls and little boys, um, They've they've given him that designation to have went over that in previous studies, but um, this is what you're dealing with here. But your name's feelings. on it, Mr. Trump. Excuse me, but I don't know. You're telling me things that I don't even know about. I mean, oh, you're telling me nothing. about Felix Sather. I know who he is. Uh, I know. But photograph the guy over and over. His business partner. I know he. But he's going to try to distance himself because he's a he's of his father the devil and of his lust and of his you know works he will do, and. Satan was a liar from the beginning. And Trump's just following his daddy, Satan. Him, and I know who he is. You stayed in bed, if I may say so, with Felix Sater, and he was connected with the mafia. Again, John, maybe you're thick, but when you... Maybe you're thick. Like you're thick-headed. And his, this is so... So now the, the first tactic didn't work by Trump, where he's trying to obfuscate and kind of deflect and, and whatever so now he goes to insults like you're stupid and you don't get it because my first line of defense didn't work now i'm going to go to my second one which is a little bit more on the stern side where i start to um accuse you of being an idiot signed contract you can't in this country just break it sometimes we'll sign a deal and the partner isn't as good as we'd like but that does happen 
and by the way, John, I hate to do this, but I do have that big group of people waiting, so I have to Okay, leave. no, hold on. One last question, please, sir. I have to leave. Um, Thank you. Okay, all right, then. <laughs> that you... devil didn't want to get any more questions. He, he, he did about as much deflecting as he could, and then he insulted, and then he got up and left. So that's what that's that's Donald Trump right there. Knight has now obtained one of the key Trump Bayrock contracts, which has only recently been unsealed by the courts. And what Trump told me wasn't true. No, he's a liar. Look at this. It's what's known as a bad. It's well known that he Trump is a total pathological liar. I mean, even the people that just I, I did that report the one day where they just the people that know him about playing golf. When you get him out on the golf course, um, he pathologically lies about his handicap about his achievements in golf about what the score was and what you'll see is he'll hit a ball and he'll go off over there to chase it and and you know all of a sudden the ball will be back on the green and he'll say oh it must have hit a tree and kicked it back on the green i mean the guy cheats at everything he's a pathological lying devil clause it states that bayrock shall do nothing to bring disrepute to or in any manner impair or damage the Trump brand. <laughs> Sage's convictions were reported by the New York Times in December 2007. The critical question is, before that date, did Trump know about Sage's racketeering past? Oh, please. Here's some evidence Trump could have found when they went into business together. Yeah. Guilty plea was publicly announced all over the world in a press release put out by the United States Attorney's Office in New York and co-authored by the FBI field office. The press release went all over the world. It was published even in The Guardian. I think it was published in Australia. So Trump knew exactly who he was getting in bed with, just like he does all of these mob type slash Illuminati slash synagogue of Satan types that he gets in bed with to do business for, for them to, you know, bail him out or for him to put his face on whatever thing that they're going to try to do to con people out of money and this is how he's always operated sure it was published in the new york daily news there was also issued that same day an indictment against his co-conspirators and that indictment identified felix sater by name as one of the co-conspirators <laughs> and that that was public record <laughs> third pointer in 2006 that might have alerted Trump to Sater's past was a lawsuit alleging that he made a death threat against a Trump Bayrock investor. Ernie Menez had bought into Trump Camelback in Arizona. He found out about Sater's past and then he said he got a phone call. The case was later settled, but in the lawsuit Menez said that Sater threatened to have a man electrically shock Mr. Menez's testicles cut off Mr. Menez's legs and leave Mr. Menez dead in the trunk of his car. And this is Trump's mob business partner. Sater's lawyer says this claim was an outright fabrication. Mm, I bet. Because the mob never operates that way. Fred Oberlander has acted for clients suing Bayrock. You'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind, in my opinion. The ability of somebody like Donald Trump to know with whom he was doing business and to whom he was selling the right to use his name would certainly include finding the press release and the congressional record where it got put in November 2000. Trump has said he didn't know about Sater's past until December 2007. Yeah, we do as just much. like he didn't know about Jeffrey Epstein, who they're photographed at numerous parties being, 
you know, lecherous together, and that was his wingman, and, and that was where Epstein was recruiting from through Ghislaine and Marlago, Trump's estate. He didn't know anything about Epstein, though. Never, never. Guaranteed he was on the Lolita Express. There's evidence of that as well in the flight logs, but that doesn't come out. So again, this has just been big con job cover up about Trump. That's that in and you know, then you got all these false prophets out there saying Trump's this man of God, and then Q Q he's gonna deliver, just trust the plan and all this other garbage. And it's all total lies straight from the pit of hell. A background check as we can on the principles. I didn't really know him very well. This is tape number one of the videotape deposition of Mr. Donald J. Trump in the matter Six of months after my interview. He had this to say about CESA. He's under deposition here. How many times have you have you conversed with Mr. Sater? Over the years? Over the years, if you could ask. Not many. Not many. Oh, yeah. Right. He was just his business partner in all these business dealings, but he just barely knows who this guy even is. I mean, I hate even, that he I've seen him do this over and over again about people. Uh, you know, and it just shows you what an unmitigated, pathological, lying devil he is. Sitting in the room right now, I, I really wouldn't know uh, you what lying, he looked you like. You four-tongue lying devil. Astonishingly, that was three years after Sater had an office in Trump Tower. Here it shows a big picture of Trump and Sater on stage together, and he, but he doesn't even know what he looks like. A Trump email and a business card listing him as a senior advisor to trump so he there's there's a business card trump uh, i believe this is a trump towers felix slater sater senior advisor to donald trump trump organization here's the business card but but trump has no idea who this guy is at all he literally was in the trump tower with him but he, he doesn't know he doesn't have any clue and anybody that can lie like to that level that's who you want to be president of the united states obviously because you're going to be called upon by the Illuminati, by your Kabbalistic handlers, the synagogue of Satan, to lie and lie and lie. And that's what Trump does. And he does that probably better than any other attribute that he has, other than molesting Mr. children. Mr. Felix Sater. Felix Sater now sees himself as a reformed character. Oh, yeah. My life has been beyond... Oh, he's also, he's also synagogue of Satan, too. My wife says uh, living with me is like reading next week's newspaper today so see he's a reformed synagogue of satan jewish mobster okay uh that was in bed with trump imagine that you know i'm sure there's there's no correlation oberlander and Lerner say that sater didn't reveal his convictions to the banks and so the argument goes the trump bayrock deals are built on bank fraud his name is still on Trump's Soho, which is a Bayrock project, and he's still drawing uh, profits off of that edifice built on fraud. He has, a, in my opinion, an ethical obligation, at a minimum, to disassociate himself from Trump's Soho, because that project was built on bank fraud. Sater's lawyer told Newsnight that his client will not comment on either Trump or Bayrock. Adding, but Sater is not now, nor has he ever been mob connected. Ah. Oh, yeah, right. So, what about Trump's boast that he's a hundred percent clean? Huh. Can anyone who did business with the likes of Fat Tony Salerno and Felix Sater claim that? And Roy Cohen. Donald Trump cannot wipe clean his brushes with the mob. 
Oh, I mean, that's not even getting into all this association with the Rothschild and all the other things that we've covered. I mean, you could literally do probably, I could probably do a 20-part study if we went all the way back to Trump's beginning and all of the wicked associations just to document. I mean, this is easy stuff to document. Paperwork in place, clear pictures taken where these people are together. Yeah, Trump will just deny it all, and, and that's what pathological liars do. So we're way over on time for part two. Uh, God bless you, and we will go to part three next.